it was it was beyond belief. All right, Chris Plank uh, joining us on the Matt Mosley Show. And, uh, Chris, always fun to catch up with you. You've done three hours of radio. You're a man. Uh, you've, uh, and you're, you, I mean, probably nine to noon you had stuff earlier today. I mean, you sure. were, you're just constantly being called upon. Uh, who knows? You may do XM or Fox tonight. But thank you so much for working me in. I got to see you in Waco. Oh, I don't know, last year, one of those uh, softball series. But, boy, this is going to be – there's so much great buildup to te- to this OU-Texas game. And, and this feels kind of like the old days, doesn't it? I mean, it's fun every year. It's always exciting, no matter which team's up and which team's down. But when you have both teams doing well, both unbeaten – there's no, there's no feeling like it, uh, and no. and it's Great. just it's it's just exciting to uh, to get there. And I know you've been, to, I'm sure, quite a few of these. But I would imagine you're feeling more anticipation for this one than some in recent years. Yeah, you know, last year was a blur. Don't remember what happened. Can't even tell you. But um, for for Oklahoma to be, you know, in this position. Uh, with their schedule, everyone expected them to be 5-0. and uh, If they would have lost before Saturday, there would have been big questions about the direction of this program, where it's going, is Brent Venables the right hire? All, all those things would have been in play if Oklahoma would have lost to SMU or Cincinnati or even Iowa State. They didn't. So now they're in a position to where um, they're, they're playing really good football. Now the question is for Oklahoma – you know, who has it been against? Is it, have you been truly challenged? We know Texas has. They've beaten Alabama. Um, that's a really good football team. Uh, has, has Oklahoma really played a very good football team? I think that's kind of the question overall. Uh, Cincinnati's good, uh, but are they great? No. Uh, Iowa State's okay. So that, that's, that's where all this, you know, we'll find out on Saturday. Is Oklahoma, you know, got to this point at 5-0 and on a soft schedule? Um, or are they truly improved, and have they arrived? And is Saturday going to be a statement day for Brent Venables and the 2023 football team for Oklahoma? You know, I, uh, Dylan uh, Gabriel, I mean, the quarterback has looked really good. It's just the running game has not really looked that sharp, from what I can tell. Right. I mean, you blow out Iowa State, so maybe you don't really dial down too much on the stats. But it's not like they're so used to OU having a breakout-type tailback. And maybe there's still one to come, but that's defined a lot of these games. Tremendous running days. Who can run the football? And, and I would say right now, you kind of be, you got to wonder a little bit about OU's ability to run the ball, especially, Chris, against that line that whether it be Sweat or whoever, this is the best UT defensive line I've seen in about a decade uh, because they, I mean, they're just coming at you tremendous size. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I'm sure you've watched them a little bit too. That's oh, yeah. what jumps off the page at me at what they're doing up front. Yeah. I mean, I, I not, not, you know, since we're on in Waco, Matt, I, I literally just finished watching while I was doing my show, the uh, Texas Baylor game. And that was unfair. You know, that, that really was what Texas's defensive line was doing to Baylor's interior. And, you know, we'll see as, as time progresses what that O-line looks like for the Bears. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate matchup for Oklahoma from this perspective. Their weakness is the interior of their offensive line, right? It's not mm. a knock on Andrew Rame. He's a really good center. He's a three-year starter that 
because of injuries, really hasn't played a ton of football. So you've got a, uh, a, a somewhat veteran but yet inexperienced center, if that makes sense, against you know two guards that you know, I don't even know what's going on in one guard position because of injuries. And the other guard has been a guy that, while it became a tour, the transfer in from California, has kind of been the butt of fans' jokes because he's been so inconsistent. <clears throat> the bottom line is he's gained the trust of his head coach and, and his offensive line coach, Bill Bebo. So um, it's, you know, in waves, like you said, this is a very talented interior of the defensive line for Texas. I agree with you. Uh, and watching them, I, I haven't seen the likes of this. Um, I don't want to get too overly dramatic, but my first year doing sidelines was 2011. And that's when you would really take that fine-tooth comb and try to, you know, be as smart in the all 22 as you could. And in that, this is as dominating of a group that I've seen for Texas. And it's just, it's unfortunate for Oklahoma that it happens to line up in a season when their uh, interior of their offensive line isn't the best. But in that, I don't know how good the edge is for Texas. And at left tackle and right tackle, Oklahoma's really good. Walter Rouse, Stanford transfer, and Tyler Guyton, the TCU transfer. So, you know, I, I, I don't know if that means the Sooners will go away from trying to run up the middle or Jeff Levy and Bill Beanbone, and then in that their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, will have something schemed up to try to counter that. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm fascinated because I just I'm, – I'm with you. I really, really think the interior of that Texas defensive line is as good as I've seen that. There's, and maybe as good as there is in the country right now. Yeah, I mean, and they're getting they're getting first place votes now, and and usually when the horns start riding high, uh, boy, they will bandwagon this thing. There's some front runners. There's some academy T-shirts being sold all over. So uh, it's uh, it's interesting to watch this. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great si- uh, scene on Saturday. What about Venables? Like, what is he? Does he bring up last year? Does that drive this bunch at all? Or is that just, hey, that was that was awful. You gotta flush it. You don't really think back about that. Do you use anything like that as 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 motivation uh heading into this huge game? I think the way that they've fra- that he's phrased it in his media veils this week is we're very aware of what happened last year. <laughs> and, you know, in that this is a team that surprisingly, Matt, has a lot of players who haven't played in this game. I think it's something along the lines of, you know, 50 newcomers that haven't played in this game that play major roles in this team. But in names like, you know, Woody Washington and guys, you know, like the uh, Danny Stutzmans of the world, you know, these are D- Dylan Gabriel, even though Dylan Gabriel didn't play in this game last year, neither did Billy Bowman. But these are guys who have lived it and have experienced it, and they know all right, we, we've got to prove something. You know, Bob Stoops likes to joke whenever he got the job in 1999 when he was hired and that was his first year, he said, everyone told me that all I ever needed to do was just beat Tech. We just want to beat Texas. And he quickly found out it was more important than that. <laughs> there needed to be more than just beating Texas. And I think for Brent Venables, he's quickly realized it's not just, hey, we need you to beat Texas. It's we need you to beat Texas now. You know, we can't look ahead two years, three years. We need you to do it now. And, and in all honesty, you know, this has been a complete and total roster makeover for OU, which is why there's so many newcomers. And it's kind of surprising, even with the, the, the uh, level of competition they played, Matt, how good that Oklahoma has been defensively against these teams. So um, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how much of a storyline that becomes, like if Oklahoma wins, you know, in the post game, if it's, yeah, you know, we, we really had to go out and avenge last year. That's never really been a mantra or an M.O., 
for OU after losses, but they've been really good uh, when they go back against a team or they rematch against a team that they've uh, they've lost to. So has it been a major storyline and a major talking point in the media? You bet. Amongst the fan base, absolutely. But with the players, uh, only a select few have you kind of heard that from. And the head coach, I, I think he's definitely been trying to downplay, except except to say, oh, we're very aware of what happened last year. So you can, you can take that for what it's worth. What's your most iconic uh, um, play in your mind from calling these games, watching these games, being down there? What, what, is there one thing I saw you retweeting that, uh, that conversation with Roy Williams? I think maybe yeah, Teddy Lehman yeah. was having that. Yeah. Uh, that Superman, and I thought that was funny. I was listening to a little bit of that, and it was like they had even cautioned him, do not leave right. your feet. Yeah, <laughs> and and quite honestly, no matter what he did in the NFL, like that 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 will always be the defining play of his career. And of course, he's remembered more fondly, really, by OU fans than he is by Cowboys fans. Now that's a complicated, long uh, deal, but I mean that 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 one right there stands out so much to me. But there's countless others. Is there one you remember having a great angle at, or or something that just constantly comes back to you in this series well that, you know that 2001 play that was before i was doing sidelines i was there covering for my radio stations uh, and i was on the opposite end of the field so i <laughs> you know i was thinking honestly at that moment i remember telling my my, my buddy because it was uh, it was a 10-3 game at that point and i remember turning to him and saying my gosh we're preparing ourselves for chris sims signature moment as the texas quarterback aren't we here it comes here comes Chris Sims, and lo and behold, Roy Williams does what he did, and Teddy was uh, Johnny on the spot. Two come to mind. Um, it won't be talked about in like the, the annals of OU Texas history, but the 2020 game with you know limited capacity was one of the most amazing games I've ever been a part of. I think it ended up in, what, three, four overtimes? And because of the limited capacity, Matt, the memory that will always stay with me is the Texas fans and the Oklahoma fans that were trying to run from one end to the other. So whenever we were in overtime and they'd have it at one end of the field, you'd see the fan base suddenly come sprinting around to try to get to the other end. But due to COVID restrictions, they weren't supposed to do that. And so you actually literally at one point, you had Joe Castiglione, Zach Selman was with OU at the time. Um, I think Larry, Larry Nafee was there. And they're, they're standing there with the security guards like, no, you can't come down here. Right. And, and it was wild. And the, the game winning touchdown ends up being scored by Drake Stoops. It's one of the most memorable things. I'll, I'll never forget that. 2021, you know, fourth and one, Caleb Williams play, breaking the touchdown run. And at that moment, you think, oh my gosh, you know, this kid might be pretty special. And since then, he's won a Heisman Trophy and might be on the verge of winning a second one. So, you know, I, I, I'll never forget, too, you know, the CD Lamb catch in 2019. Mm. That was Jalen Hurts' only year in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, against Texas in the Red River rivalry, and C.D. Lamb catches what looks kind of to be a simple little hook pattern, and there's four defenders there, and he makes them all miss. And I'm standing on the sidelines right in front of that play. So, you know, th- those are the moments for me that maybe aren't going to be these, wow, I'll never forget where I was when, you know, the, the, the pass was dropped in the end zone or when, when Roy left or when, you know, Ricky ran through OU or when Vince Young just dominated. You know, it's funny, I'm, I'm watching this, you know, 2005 Texas documentary that's on uh, ESPN right now. And it's kind of reliving that very forgettable game for Oklahoma fans. But um, 
it's just my those memories for me as well. I'll never forget in 2018. It was the hottest game I've ever been a part of. I mean, it was smoking. And uh, in 2018, Obo I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 17, Obo Okronkwo went out there and made every play. I'll never forget in 2018 when Kyler Murray nearly led them all the way back and Dicker the kicker saved the game for Texas. I mean, this is a series that's just littered with the, um, these amazing moments over the last you know decade, uh, and they kind of pale into comparison to the most memorable moments in the history of this series. So, uh, some, I could sit here and use the rest of your show talking about some of those great moments between OU and Texas, but I'm sure we're in for a few more come this Saturday. I'm open to that, by the way, if you just want to keep going there. <laughs> I I like that. I love that you kind of have those ones that stick out to you. The pandemic game, uh, that's interesting. So, if it was out at Jerry's place, of course, he would have fit about 60 or 70 in. Yeah. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry it was handling that in a little different way maybe than uh, others. City of Dallas was uh, having a little tougher time uh, with some of their county officials. Uh, boy, C.D. Lamb brings back bad memories for me because of that Big 12 championship game. I guess that was 2019, and he got yeah, loose down. Yeah, he didn't down. play the regular yeah. season game, remember? He was hurt in the regular season yes. game. Yes. Yeah, and that was the the year. Wasn't Baylor up twenty eight to three or something? And whatever it was at halftime, and uh, and the Sooners came rolling back with Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, I mean Baylor and OU didn't even get to play this year. I mean, I'm I'm kind of bummed about that. Although after that Texas game, I was kind of thinking, well, it's probably a pretty good thing, right? That the, the Sooners. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it was bad for me. I, I don't know who made these decisions, and I don't know if Dave Aranda, if you put troops serum in him, would be really happy that they're not having to worry about playing Oklahoma this year. But yeah. in all seriousness, I we were slated to go, you know, to Waco this year, and I'm I'm really sad that we're not. Uh, we were slated uh, to have Kansas State. I think Kansas State would have been coming here. Um, but no, no, we would have been going to Manhattan this year, and and we're not. So I, I don't and I don't know who made these decisions or how they came about, but those are two road trips that I would take any day this year over having to go to uh, Provo or Cincinnati. No offense to Provo or Cincinnati. We got to go to a Reds game. That was awesome. But yeah. you know, I'm kind of a Big 12 purist, so I hate the idea that uh, Oklahoma is leaving this conference without a trip to Waco or Manhattan. Well, and uh, Chris Plank, does he knows his softball, and I've seen you in town there. I'll be at the dinner on the diamond. Uh, nice. Baylor softball, yeah, yeah, I'll be right out there in the middle of that next Wednesday night. In fact, there's a few tickets available, Chris, but that'll be, that'll be fun. We'll relive some moments. Uh, nobody ever knocks off OU, so, of course, the Bears did last year, and that's uh, you can hang your hat on those type of games. I, that, that was interesting, uh, yeah. by the way, that OSU um, coach. I, I thought about you. I'm like, ooh, man, he's stepping all in it. And, of course, the, the Sooners fans were about as gracious toward him as you would expect. But he kind of brought that on himself. He, you know, he had this great player from Oklahoma State who was transferred to OU. That, of course, never yeah, goes over well. well. But you got to leave mm-hmm. that alone. He's already said his piece, right? And then I guess recently, at just some kind of random uh, media availability, he's asked about it again, and he starts kind of walking down that path. And, uh, man, there's some bad blood there. But I think he's going to have to learn at some point, you can't really go at this 
Gasso and the OU program right now. It's not gonna. It's not gonna work out that well for you. And, and didn't he go to OU, the OSU yeah. uh, softball coach? Mm-hmm. Kenny Gajewski. He was a graduate and a part of the 1994, 93-94 uh, OU baseball championship team. Uh, honestly, at his core, a really, really good dude. But for some reason, and I haven't quite figured this out. He always likes to poke the bear. I mean, he's you go back even in the history of this this rivalry between OU and OSU, and since he took over in his first year in 2016, um, you know, he finally got a win over OU during the regular season in 2021, um, and then turned around and, and beat him in the Big 12 championship game. But uh, they just for for some for some reason he always likes to kind of poke the bear a little bit and. When all was said and done, you know, Oklahoma ends up with Kelly Maxwell. And, you know, I, I like Kenny a lot. I think he's a good dude. But for, for some reason, he just – he likes to kind of tweak Oklahoma a little bit. And so far, I think if you look at the overall record, that hasn't really gone so well for him. All right. How would you how would you pick this one? Uh, I'm sure on all your different broadcasts and everybody, everybody's wanting a prediction for you. Give sure. us a preview. And, and again, you, you might reserve the right to change by tomorrow no. perhaps. Uh, no, on, I'm on all... what I'm saying. I, th- I think it's going to be low scoring, Matt. I think it's going to okay. be a low scoring football game. I think the defenses are going to have their way uh, for the most part. Oklahoma can't run the football consistently. I don't think it's magically going to appear against this front line. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think Texas is really good. I think this is the best Texas team I've seen. And I've been doing this uh, on a day to day, hour to hour basis since you know, 1997, um, but from the perspective of being a guy who's done it, you know, as the sideline reporter for Oklahoma since 2011, this is the best team I've seen talent-wise for Texas since maybe 05. So, I I mean, listen, I'm an Oklahoma guy, so I'm going to pick Oklahoma to win it, but I think it's going to be a really close and tight game. I could see this being like a 24-17 kind of a game, 21-18, but special teams, you know, if you you watch the Oklahoma – or the Texas Baylor game. Texas does some weird things on special teams, right? There were a couple, they, they dropped a punt. You know, they didn't have their guys Two in the punts. right position for pooch kicks. Uh, the Baylor, unfortunately, just couldn't take advantage of. So, you know, Oklahoma has been really good at blocking punts this year. I could see that being a factor in this game. But, yeah, Texas has, uh, they've done some weird things special teams-wise this year. And I, uh, I kind of think that's where this game could change come Saturday on a special teams play. All right, we had Casillas on earlier. We got Chris Plank on. Uh, been a good day. This will be a lot of fun, and, and look forward to seeing you. And on all your descriptions there of all these different networks you're on, just go ahead and add the Mosley Show. I want you to there add you just one more column there. <laughs> you know, you're, you've become a regular, so I think that would be appropriate. Chris, great to, uh, great to visit with you, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me on, man. Have a great day. You bet. There he goes. Chris Plank, you hear him on Mad Dog Radio, Fox Sports Radio, and then he does a lot of stuff for the Sooners, and he's the voice of the greatest uh, women's uh, or the greatest uh, softball program in the country, at least right now, and that is the Oklahoma Sooners. All right, uh, got some details for you on a really cool opportunity with uh, Baylor softball. We'll talk about that next. Your leader in high school sports. ESPN Central Texas.